Pulp MX Network production. Thanks for all the support, Pulp MX fans. The Pulp MX app is now available for both iPhone and Android-based phones. For all your moto needs, shop at btosports.com and use the current discount code PULPMX. And don't forget to click the Amazon banner on PULPMX.com when purchasing anything from Amazon. It's the Steve Mathis Show, brought to you by RacerX, presented by BTOSports.com and ThorMX. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome to the BTOSports.com RacerX Podcast Daytona Review. And this, this podcast is brought to you by Thor MX. Thor MX, the official gear of the man who's won three out of the last four Supercrosses, uh, Ryan Villapoto, and the man who could be in trouble on the 250 East Coast, uh, Dean Wilson. Um, Thor MX, check him out. Thank you guys for listening. I'm your host, Steve Mathis. With me on the line is uh, a couple of grizzled veterans of the sport, one on the track, one off the track. Uh, my boss, Jason Wygant. Yeah. And none other than Jason Thomas, the Iron Man of Daytona, who confirmed last night on the Pulp Show that he did indeed one time ride both main events. And I think I'm still sore. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's crazy um, to do that, by the way. Yeah, neither of them went real well. Uh, it's kind of impossible. I, I guess the, the, the 125 could right. go all right, but you're destined to do crappy in the second one. Let's take a moment to laugh at Wygant, uh, JT, because uh, he told me the other day his first Daytona was 05. Really? No. What were you doing all the other years? That's what no, I said. 08. 08. Oh. 08. Wow. Yeah. Every other year I was down somewhere in the middle of some sand field at a GNCC. Oh, that's and right. In fact, the first three years I went, I didn't even make the Daytona at any time, like let alone Supercross. Yeah, I, like <clears throat> I can't. I, I went to Florida for years during Bike Week without ever seeing well, Bike Week or Daytona. Does that make any sense? Well, you, I mean, even when you were a, just a fan, did you not work at Disney World or something? Yeah, but I didn't go to the Daytona Supercross. <laughs> well, I don't know. You were. I don't know what kind of fan you were. Maybe I guess you didn't. But. Oh, no, the only time, I, I worked at Disney during the summer and fall, like, honestly, every time of year except then. Oh, I would have been there in a heartbeat for sure. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, Orlando Supercross I would have gone to, too, but they were never, <laughs> that was during uh, right. Will Smith, didn't really make it. Okay, all right, yeah, I, I didn't really know the time frame. Um, yeah. I, I mean, we touched a little of this on the Pulp Show, so uh, JT, because JT was on, actually, so were you, again, so we'll try not to get on the same topics, but old school, new school Daytona, um, JT, you think is better now. And you know what? I asked LaRocco and Stanton and DeCoster and Bomber and a couple other guys, maybe mechanics or something. And, and almost everybody except for Stanton, shocker, love the new Daytona. It's gone over well. It, it's, it's a hit, I, I would say, what, what they're doing now with it. Uh, yeah, I like Really, it's just the, the way the jumps, like the, the kind of the dirt base and all that stuff is just way better now. Um, there are things I, I like about the old Daytona. I like the daytime race just because it's different, um, and I liked how just rough it got. If they could get that same level of roughness with like the, the way the jumps are clay now instead of that lime rock, um, that would probably be my ideal Daytona. Right. Um, the, uh, and also, too, why get, you announced all day. And, hey, how big was that crowd? The crowd is massive, man. It's so you know what? There's, it's really strange, actually, that Daytona draws that kind of a crowd. 
because Jacksonville doesn't. The other Florida races do not. Nothing in Florida actually usually draws a giant crowd. Yet then there's Daytona, which is actually really has become really big now. JT, old school Daytona used to have a couple thousand people, three thousand. I mean, maybe not. Maybe I'm under under. It was not very full. Yeah, I think the heat of the daytime right. kind of uh, was a deterrent against that. Opening up the tarmac for people to stand on and then and then having it at Huge. night. It's 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 got to be. I'm not kidding you. Twice as big as it used to, maybe bigger. And I, I think too, was. there's a few reasons for that. It's the beginning of Bike Week now. Yeah. So all the people that just rolled in Friday night and Saturday are all fired up. So yeah, let's go to Supercross. Right. Versus oh, we're just burnt out, hungover, sunburnt, can't move, don't want to go to Supercross. And then yes, like you said, the tarmac. Like, how many people ever will get to stand on the Daytona? Yeah. Tarmac. You right. know, what I mean, that's a that's a huge draw in itself. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, I think that was a great move, and Daytona, spectator-wise, is so much better now. And everything's it's much just a much better race. It fits in with the series. Same format, you know. Same number of main event guys. Same same everything. I mean, um, yeah, it, it's just it just fits nicer now in the schedule. And I like the fact that it's a little more super crossy than a little more normal super crossy. I feel for the teams and the mechanics having put in all that work all the time to ride one race. You yeah, I agree. To um, stand over on the tarmac during the races, have you been over there? Um, J two was racing most of the time, so probably not. I I did a couple times. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but was I didn't go last year. We all know my feelings about Daytona, and we we'll get to those in a second. Yeah. But was it? I think it was at the end of Bike Week until this year, until maybe maybe it started last year or this year, right? Because. I think that was last year might have been the first time. Yeah, I honestly can't keep up. It changes all. That, that whole schedule changes I, all the time. Driving into the track, I'm like, where is everyone? What is going on? What is happening? You could drive up and down Main Street, you know, and get yeah. through the lights, yeah. everything. I, I was very confused. And then I remembered, oh, yeah, Bike Week is starting now. It was even on Friday night for a couple of years. You remember that? Yeah, it was. That's right. Yeah. They've moved the things all over the place. Anyway, I just want to mention that tarmac thing. Like, for people that haven't gone... You know, they purposely put the triple and that big finish line jump along the stretch where the fans are. And, you know, guys like us, we've stood on tracks or we've been at test tracks and stuff. But I would think that for a fan, you might not get a view like that at any other race, even a national. Um, you know, they're doing the triple only probably, what, 20 or 30 feet in front of you? Yeah. And, and you're on the ground? Like, and who knows? That's unlike anything else in the sport. And who Pretty knows? Cool. Like Carmichael, you might even get a guy sliding into you. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they have those steel fences which can't even hold WWF people back, let alone motorcycles. Yeah, I mean you've seen it's Ultimate perfect. you've seen Ultimate Warrior destroy those many times. Oh, oh, glorious. Um, uh, yeah, it's a cool deal. It's a cool deal, and uh, so with the beginning of Bike Week and all those stupid bikers not there, and the I, I got to stay in the NFAB Yamaha suite up in the glass tower. I had passes for that, catered and everything. Um. And the temperature being nice and perfect. I like Daytona. Daytona was very nice. I oh. Like, oh, yeah. Come back. If you can promise me. Oh, and, and Wygant, I stayed in your room on Friday night on the beach. Yeah. On the yeah. beach. Um, if, and so I'm not 40 minutes away in Lake Mary and getting up at, you know, 630 in the morning to, to head to the track. If you can give me all of those variables, hotel on the beach, pass for the suite, catered food, um, nice weather, beginning of bike week with all the, without those all idiot bikers. I'm in. 
I'm in every year. I'm buying. Give me Daytona. Very, You're very, very high maintenance. Very enjoyable Daytona this year, I must say. Also, too, I got an actual real Daytona credential. Unlike in the past where they sort of just sort of honor the felled ones, but they don't really, you know. Um, Racer X got me a real media pass, so that seemed to get me a little more respect as far as where I could go, you know. I don't know about respect, but yeah, yeah. access. Access, yeah, you're right. I take take that back. Okay. So, uh, anyways, well, again, um, how was Daytona for you announcing the live announcing all day with Rocket Rob Bidas and Paul Page? I was actually a little worried because um, they had me do the podiums this year. Uh, we no longer have Larry Naston with us, and I mean, I'm sure to hear Larry say it, the world was going to collapse. I don't mean just the race, the entire. Maybe the state of Florida is going to fall into the ocean. Um, very, very assured of himself. So he had been the podium guy for the last couple of years. Uh, he didn't, they didn't bring him back this year. I don't know why. So they just asked me if I could do it. Well, I had never done podiums, and I was actually worried because I know that with Feld, like to keep the live TV show on time, mm-hmm. they are just screaming at Lurch and uh, Ashley Phillips and everybody else down there, like nonstop. They are on the clock every mm-hmm. second they are talking. And Daytona does not do that at all. So I was waiting to just be the guy who screwed up everything without having any way of knowing. Right. Um, like, for example, opening ceremonies, I'm down there interviewing the guys, and they say, it has a sheet of paper that says, do this in five minutes. But they have no one there keeping track of what time it is, how long you've taken, what's <laughs> happening with the live TV show. You're just hoping that you happen to do it in the right amount of time. And there's variables, like when the riders come out for opening ceremonies and ride around, they could take 30 seconds or they could take a minute and a half. Right. So you need someone to say, okay, that guy took more time, so you need to take less. Well, I got nothing. Yeah. So I was actually pretty worried. Um, but they're so loose down there. Like, it is a completely different atmosphere than any other race I've worked in. They're so nice. They're so, I oh, just do whatever. They thank you for coming and working, even though they're paying you. Repeatedly, you right? Usually, Re- repeatedly. Like you're volunteering or something. Right, right, right. It's, it's unlike anything else I've ever – usually, every job I'm used to having – you pretty much suck is what you feel like all day long. Uh, you're just being yelled at. You do this right. You're doing this wrong. So uh, they're, they're just happy with everything. Would you say you got more thanks or less thanks than when you hosted the Supercross Banquet for free? Yeah, uh, the Supercross Banquet hosting that for free. Thanks that I had been given back to as a child were removed from my life. <laughs> I actually went into debt on thanks. You're, and I had you're negative. Kendra telling you're me right. in my ear, you suck just as you walk out on stage, like stuff like that. Yeah, good. yeah, good, good job. Yeah. Um, good way to encourage. I'm sure most mechanics do that with their rider right before the race, right? Right, exactly. Absolutely. Just suck the confidence out of you right before you go out in front of a giant audience. Um, um, so, yeah, you, you were good? You liked it? It was, it was Yeah, it turned, out, it turned yeah. out fine. We didn't have any problems. But I do want to tell the story of opening ceremonies because this is like an annual treat to see how the riders, right, when they're right. forced to park next to each other and socialize. Right. Um, my favorite was two years ago after... Reed Stewart took each other out in Atlanta. How Stewart rode over tough blocks to not have to park next to Reed during that five mm-hmm. minutes when they were down there. So this year I wonder how it's going to turn out. So this is what you get. Barsha all by himself. No one likes him. No one's talked to him. Stewart by himself. Not talking to anyone. Right. No one wants to park next to him. And then, like, the party zone. Like, <laughs> Wyndham, Reed, Kennard. Dunge, Villapoto, hey, what's up? Oh, hey, did you see that? Oh, I'm doing it. And then Barsha and Stewart just completely all alone, and no one wants to even look at them. That's sad. That makes me sad. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's I don't like, think Barsha really makes friends with the other riders. Yeah. It's, it's, and, uh, and we all know Stewart's a little bit, little bit different 
overall in the social circle of racing. So um, it was hilarious. Yeah, it's like the playground. Like, it's grade five playground all over. Just, you know, just, that's the way it is. Yeah, like Wyndham and Kennard come over, and it's like they'll talk to anybody anytime. No right. one has a bad word to say. Right. And then there's Marsha over on the other side. <laughs> just sitting there. You can't even see his face. Just all hair. Goateed hair. Just everything. <laughs> yeah. Like, like Chewbacca. Yeah, it's like Captain Caveman is over there. And then Stewart's got his, his headphones on. I noticed, I know Stewie likes wearing headphones whenever he's around people. I don't, there may not even be anything playing. No, they're just earmuffs. Right, right. It's like, don't talk to me. I got beats on, bro. You know, like, that's, that's the, the thing he sort of projects. What are you listening to? Uh, opening ceremonies. <laughs> right, right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's like Tony Alessi's headset in the amateur days. The wires just hanging loose. There isn't even any radio. Just a blank headset. <laughs> Is that true? He was the only person there on the team, but he had a headset. Is that true? Are you being serious? Uh, I all I know is this: like we used to, I, we didn't see it not plugged in. Mm-hmm. But there were, there was one summer they actually stayed in Morgantown and they just raced like local races at High Point and Steel City to learn the tracks five years in advance. <laughs> right, right, yeah, that, that plan. And worked he would out have great. a headset on in every moto, and we're like the only per. It's Mike, Jeff, and Tony are the only people here. <laughs> Who, Who are you is he radioing? <laughs> hey. Tony's practicing too. Hey, uh, why again? Did you do you talk much to Paul Page? Is there much social interaction? Like, uh, not this year. We didn't happen to run into each other, but in the past, he's actually been really cool, and he's even recommended uh, jobs and stuff. Like, uh, he's a pretty cool guy. Yeah, you should you should work happen. the Olympics. Is that like recommending jobs like that? Well, he even t- like for example, last year he said he was always the X Games announcer that I was handing the notes to. Right. And I honestly thought that he wouldn't remember I was the same guy six yeah. months later. Yeah, because you're just thought, some, some like, note, note lackey. Note. You're just some intern right, guy in the back. Right. So I spent years, I'm like, this dude doesn't realize I'm the same guy. I guarantee it. But then last year he said, hey, I got a drag race. Or two years ago, I got a drag race conflicted with X Games. So I'll give you some contacts if you want to try to get in there because I know they have an opening. And I was like, oh, my God, he actually knows I was that guy. Wow. He, yeah, he seems, amazing. I mean, you could tell he doesn't follow the sport. You know, he, yep. he, he, was, he was a little off. Um, still better than Irv Braun. Still eight million times better than Irv Braun. But um, you could tell he, he didn't follow the sport that well. But he's just, uh, and I mean, he's iconic. He, he's he's right. just, yeah. I mean, he's Paul Page, right? Like, You know, this is why I always say, like, people are like, oh, you, what are you, where are you going to go in your announcing career? I'm like, hey, I'm one phone call away from not having one. Because Paul Page, like, he did the Indy 500. Like, he is the... TV voice of the Indy 500 for like 20 or 30 years. But then when that cart IRL split happened, certain people just got left in the ditch. And it's like, I don't even know if he's allowed to even go to IndyCar races anymore. Oh, really? Like, you know, if, yeah. yeah, if you were on the wrong side, you know how that works. You yeah, know? yeah. Not even like your decision. Yeah. Like Exactly. Thank God. If Giuseppe Luongo took over the Nationals, do you really think that he'd be pumped on a race wrecks guy doing the announcing? Thank God yeah. I got out of that jam sports deal I had lined up. <laughs> jam sports. <laughs> I'm supposed to be jam sports PR. Oh God, I just just bailed out at the right time. So that was. I'm like, wow. Now he's doing the Daytona Supercross. Right. Like he went for the Indy 500 television guy. Yeah, yeah. Well, he still yeah. does. What he still he does do? a drag racing on his piano. I think he's picked himself back up pretty good. But that yeah. had to be a rough like to go from high right. to nothing. Yeah. It's, Wait, it's, high to nothing. Wait. What was that sports marketing group that was on all the Thor gear for a while? Oh, AST. Oh, AST. ASR. AST, yes, yeah. AST. Yeah. That really took off. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jeff Glass was behind that, I think. Hey, an idea. Um, one more thing before we get to the race. Uh, or anything else, Wagan, about your announcing? 
You want to talk about Rocket Rob being just hella cool? Yeah, he's awesome, man. I'll, I'll work with that guy anytime. He's good, dude. Right. Come on. I, t- I totally agree. Like right. the, some of the best times I had, we for two or three years we were actually did most of the nationals together, and you just can't lose with him. Like no. nev- there's never a bad moment. There's never like a oh that was yeah the, the guy doesn't know what he's talking about or that was stupid or anything. Um, uh, yeah, and again he blows. The, they brought him back, I think, for most of the nationals last year, but for a while there he was like doing only three or four AMA nationals, and he would just smoke the other dudes when he showed up. It was just not even funny. Um, hey, uh, before I get to the before we get to the race, they had a poll on the Speed TV, uh, the greatest Daytona Supercrosser of all time. Chad Reed narrowly beat out Ricky Carmichael, which I'm not so sure that that should have happened, but I was disgusted with Jeff Stanton only getting five percent of the vote. I mean, that's just goes to show you our sport. I think just they just people are just forgotten. It's just pathetic. Five percent. Well, it falls right into line. You know, we're talking about the crowd growing at Daytona, and I've said this back when they used to have retro nights and whatnot. You can't account for how much the sport has grown. Like there were a lot of people that weren't fans of the sport back then. Like it's drawn a lot of new people over a twenty-year span. So those guys are going to get screwed by that for sure. Yeah. Although I mean. We're trying. We're trying to educate people with, like, Dalmatian print stuff. You know, we're trying. We're working on it. Yeah. Hey, this is what they wore in 89. Yes, it's Dalmatian spots. Yes, from a dog. Yes. We're like, oh, that's why I wasn't watching it. <laughs> right. Uh, all right, let's get to the race. Um, it's 450 class. Uh, RV killed it. Uh, made a mistake. You know, dropped back to third. Did you guys watch the GoPro of his of his, his opening, they have his first five laps on the GoPro or three laps on the GoPro and then the last lap. Um, and, JT, I'm sure I'm not going to tell you anything new about this. Um, that track was gnarly. The ruts and also, too, lighting. RV said it last night on the show. He said it after the race. And you watch the GoPro. It's hella dark in some places. And It's, it's always bad there. Is it? Yeah. Okay. So nothing new to you, JT. Ruts, no, the, ruts the biggest are. problem is the dirt is black. Right. Yeah, the, the lighting isn't good. Let's, let's be clear on that. But it is much better than it used to be. And if, if the dirt was like the orange of Supercross, it would be much, much better. But yeah. it's just a bad combo, really. Yeah. The first year they did it under the lights was horrible. It was almost as bad as Lakewood. Uh, the first year they did Lakewood under the lights, you could not see anything. Lakewood was that bad? The first year, it was horrendous. I, I thought Lakewood was pretty good. The first year we had it under the lights, it was one of the most dangerous races I've ever raced. I remember everybody after the race was just like, well, I just rode around because you could not see anything. <laughs> um, our, uh, the RV's GoPro is, is pretty gnarly because you can see him making a mistake going off the track. He gets past. You can see him like scrubbing to catch up to Roxon and Barsha. And then just it's so sketchy. It's so sketchy. And he's hauling ass, of course, right? And uh, just the ruts and, and the chuckles and just, oh, my God. Like, this is a gnarly, gnarly race. Uh, Wygant, what would you take away from it? Just uh, RVs on fire, like we all think? I mean. Yeah, uh, it's kind of crazy to look at the – well, obviously he won the race. I, I think some other guys had some highlights. I think Reed rode pretty well overall. He did. Probably better than the results shows. Um and that's encouraging there because I feel like if you're in Reed's position, you almost have nothing to gain, especially in a race like that after you crash. Like maybe he was fired up during the day thinking maybe I can win this. But after you crash and you go to eighth, it's not going to happen. But it like didn't affect him at all. Like 
he's still trying as hard as he can during the races, which mm-hmm. is a good good sign. Um, and you know, Dungey rode pretty well. And what I take away when you look at the points, you know, I know Millsaps is still second, but I look at well, look at that. Dungey's only down by fourteen points. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's and sneaky. He's sneaky like that, man. He's always in the hunt one way or another. Obviously, Villapoto's on fire right now, but anything can happen, and it usually doesn't happen to Dungy. So I, I, I don't think it's quite over yet. I did, sure. I did not have Dungy getting on the podium after this practice, after he was ninth or seventh in practice. You yeah. know, I just I thought Stu would be good. I thought Chad would be good. I just didn't think that I had Dungy on the, on the podium, but that's what he does. That's just what Ryan Dungy does, right? Comes through. Like that, he's solid. Uh, he almost did. Any either one of you see his almost his old shit moment in the main, um, in the um, rhythm section that runs parallel to the wall when you come back towards uh, uh, the center of the track. Yep. On those double triples, the last one. Oh my god, he just about ate it, almost over the bars, and then just you know saves it and makes a turn, and you're just like, oh, like it was definitely a butt clenching moment. Um. Millsaps told me today, uh, I, I, we're, at, we're at a level now where we text each other. Can you believe that? I can't. I uh, can't. Yeah. Who's uh, next, Davos? <clears throat> maybe. Maybe uh. Jeremy Martin. Um, um, Millsaps told me this week he, he hurt his knee on Wednesday. Practice scratch. So, I mean, he didn't say that was why I didn't do well or anything. I just said, what was up? Did you, was everything all right? And he said, I hurt my knee. So, um, this could be something serious for Davey. Uh, JT, you said last night that, you know, Indianapolis this weekend, we, we, he's got to get back on it. Like, this is, this, is a, this is a key moment in the series. Uh, yeah. Um, if he wants to win this thing, anything can happen. You know, people can get hurt. You know, we saw last year, you know, people have injuries. Like, Ryan didn't even finish the series, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yes, momentum-wise and the feeling of the series is definitely getting away from him, it seems like. You know, what, it, what was it, three weeks ago he was 29 points down, and now he's, you know, Ryan's out front. So uh, it's a, it would be a big bounce back if he could uh, kind of re, retake that plate. His, uh, his starts his starts have gone away. This weekend, yeah, they weren't there for sure. I wonder, wonder what's up with that. Just, uh, I guess, starts come and go, right? Yeah, I don't know. It's... Uh, you know, starts are starts are a big mental mental game too. Yep. Um, it's it's hard to just play armchair quarterback and and say you know what's wrong with the starts. He's he's been a good starter historically. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not gonna you know just say he forgot how to start because he's had two bad weekends. Um, yeah. Just you know. But like I said, it's gonna it's, be a big weekend this weekend for statement wise and points wise and everything. It's just I, I always believe starts are confidence. I've always believed that um, working with riders over the years. It's just, it's just confidence. And when the confidence isn't there that you don't think you can do well in the race, the starts go away. You know what I mean? Yeah, they, I like there are a lot of aspects to good starts, but confidence is a, ma- is a major one, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I feel like any time I've seen a season where a rider started the year off on fire and then ended it not so well, during the not so well part, you have never seen that guy get a good start. Like, a couple, a couple examples. Did you ever see? Like, remember when Josh Hill was on it at the beginning of the year a couple of years ago? Yeah. Once the results weren't coming, you never saw him get a good start the rest of the year. Or uh, <clears throat> that crazy year when Mike Brown was like a privateer of the Nationals and was leading the points for a while. Right. Once he, the results stopped coming, 
you never saw the starts. Now I know that he was being sabotaged, apparently, <laughs> in this story. Uh, but uh, there's a lot of examples like that. Like, And I, obviously it's a catch-22. It's like if you're not getting the starts, you're not getting the results. If you're not getting the results, you're not getting the starts. But it seems like once mm-hmm. things are going bad, that goes bad, too. It Two, seems like the way it goes. 2007, 450 outdoors. <laughs> yeah. a certain <laughs> Who number, would you be referring to? A certain number, 15. Timmy still pulled it out, didn't he? In my world, he did. Yeah, I've, I've, I've got a homemade plaque and everything. Never saw a good start at that, after that, exactly. Uh, well, there was the one where he said, I think he said it was up front in Steel City one time when Jeff Alessi jumped on him, according to him, who Mike told him to jump on Timmy. I, I, don't, <laughs> I, I don't know if this is true. I wasn't at that race. I was in... Uh, a Parts Unlimited uh, meeting in um, in uh, Madison, Wisconsin. But apparently, Timmy thinks that Mike told Jeff to jump on Timmy in the first turn, like a spider monkey. And, <laughs> and, and that's what happened. And he was doing well until Jeff jumped on him. And the crazy thing is, with Mike and, to- and Joni, and with Mike and Jeff and Tony, it could have happened. I mean, you know, you mean probably not, but you can't write it off. Timmy probably went back to the truck and, and told and told the story, and Villapoto came running out saying, oh, yeah, that's the way they do it. Swan 04, same thing, Timmy. Swan 98, or I don't even know. <laughs> Jeff jumped on me out of the bushes. I get it. I was there. Um, anyways, you're right, though. Yeah, the starts. Um, it, why can't we finally saw Eli Tomac this weekend? Uh, yeah, and I know I – know, uh, some people are going to say, well, whatever, dude. He got fourth. It wasn't like he was lighting the world on fire. But he was like 13th off the start or 14th off the start. Yeah. Yeah, it's just – I think it was more one of those eye test things where he just looked like he was – especially late in the race, you could tell that he – Yeah. I don't, know, I don't want to go to so far as they flipped the switch, but it definitely looked like things were starting to come together finally. And then it was like, oh, shoot, now I even got a shot at getting on the podium. Isn't it crazy, though? Here's – okay, three weeks ago, everyone was saying look out for Tomac. Then after two races, everybody's like, ah, not so good. Also, three weeks ago, everyone was like, how could you not believe in Millsaps? How could you not believe in Millsaps? How could you be a hater on Millsaps? Already, after two weeks, I've heard, like, what do you expect? This is what Millsaps does. I'm like, already? <laughs> really? Two races? Yeah. Like, he had, leading into those two races, the eight best races of his life. I right. think at this point, you've got to admit that he's done pretty well. We can't destroy the guy. I. I had, a ve- I had a veteran racer, retired now, not Timmy Ferry, uh, tell me Barsha was struggling. And I'm like, really? He's got a win? He's got like four podiums? Six in the points? If you give him two tenth places from those races that he DNF'd, he'd be like fourth in the points. I mean, he's not struggling. This is where we're at as a, as a sport, though. Wasn't he one mistake, one bump of a tough block from just straight up finishing second last week and like out dueling Reed? I know, right? Like, <laughs> it's like it's like the world is Frank Thomas. You know, it's like what are you guys doing? Why are you so harsh? I mean, I, I assume you're referencing J, JT's dad and not the big hurt from the Chicago. No, White yeah, Club. I'm referencing JT's dad from back in the day, like who was who was never really that happy of a guy, no matter how JT did. You know, <laughs> so it's like the world is Frank. Pre, you know, pre uh, t- five years ago, Frank's mellow now. But um, I, I don't I know. I hate to yeah. say that it's a new era. I hate to give you credit oh, for that. Oh, oh. But I feel like anyone that's criticizing the riders, you you can't just look at the results as a number and say they're struggling. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like I don't remember what did Dungey get in Atlanta, like fourth or sixth or something like that, right? 
and people are like, if he will, he's sucking. If he wants to win this title, he ain't getting it done. And I'm like, dude, you start sixth, you finish sixth. If he hole shot, he might have won. Like, you have to start, we have to start readjusting our standards of what is sucking. Like, I know if you look at a fifth for Dungeon on paper, that's bad. But that doesn't mean that they're riding crappy. Like, everybody's still not hurt, going fast. You just got to readjust, I feel. Yeah, it's a new era, bro. I hate to say that. Right? It's the same reason Tomac getting a fourth is a breakthrough. And it might be like, what? Not even not even on the podium? Yeah, fourth yeah. Fourth is good. I don't know what, um, <clears throat> and that's why, like, it's, like, that's why I feel like, and maybe I've been guilty of this. I don't know. I write and talk so much. Sometimes I lose track of what I do. Uh, but, and maybe I'm guilty of this. I, that's why I feel like, is Brock Tickle really sucking? He's ninth, tenth. That's good. I mean, you know, like, it's good, I guess. I don't know. Maybe we're being too harsh on guys like that. You know, he's not taking, he didn't take a step up. Don't get me wrong. But, uh, you know, like we thought he would. But, hey, he's still, the guy's still ninth in, or tenth in the points, you know? So. Can we talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I haven't. I just got back from Daytona, so I haven't had a chance to watch a TV show. But everybody, apparently, Carmichael said he's going so slow he could tip over or something like that. Yeah, on the show. Yeah, uh, and everybody's like, "Whoa!" But <clears throat> what I don't understand is, okay, I was watching Tickle very closely the last five laps because Millsaps was trying. Like, I'm intense. I need points. And Millsaps had like two laps where he gained on him, and then that was all Millsaps had. I think he was hurting and spent. And Tickle actually pulled back away. Tickle with nothing to gain in ninth all alone. Millsap's desperately trying to cling to every point he can get. Mm-hmm. Couldn't get him. And then Stewart was backing it down, and Tickle was actually closing on Stewart. And if you look at the last straightaway, like going to the finish line, mm-hmm. Tickle was inside of Stewart. I'm like, Tickle rode his ass off to the last inch of this gnarly ass. If it was a 28-minute race for Villapoto, it was probably a, almost a 30-minute race for Tickle, right? Right. And I'm like, dude, he rode his ass off. And then, like, an hour later, like, dude, how about Tickle? He sucked. I heard what Carmichael said. And I'm like, what? Yeah, yeah. That one really surprised me. Yeah, I don't know. If, if he was so sl- if he went any slower, he would have tipped over. Well, how did Millsap stay on two wheels then? Because <laughs> he was faster than Millsap. Don't you dare question the GOAT. Don't you dare. I, I found that one a little weird. Um, uh, JT, Chad Reed, rode well. Fifth, probably pissed, but rode fine. Uh, he rode really good, I thought. Yeah. Um, just, you know, poor circumstances. Looks like a bad result, but uh, the riding was good. Stewart tweeted that he went to the wrong front tire, um, and it, it cost him. And from what I hear, he went from he went from the one end of the spectrum all the way to the other. Um, he he run, normally runs a pretty hard pack front, uh, maybe a 51, and then he went all the way to like a 78 or something, something super soft. Um what do you think, JT? I mean, is that could that really throw you off? Uh, it can make your front end like really uh, like want to grab every rut and make it super hard to ride. Yeah, um, I've I've done that, and I I always kind of went with the hard pack tire in that situation. Just when it gets ruddy like that, the the front tire wants to climb out of every rut and mm-hmm. end up having to hold on really tight. Now, so. obviously, you're not as fast as James Stewart, but you're a pretty fast rider. Okay, have you? Have you ever made – can you remember a direct race or or maybe a few of them or whatever? Can you remember something specifically where you didn't suck balls, it was really, really close to 100% a bike change that you made that threw you totally off? Yeah, for yeah? sure. Okay. Well, can you yeah. give us an example? Um, you know, like something I did. You- I tried not to change my bike too much once the races got started. You mean the season uh, or the night show or what? what yeah, yeah. Once the night show got going, right? 
I didn't change it, mostly because I usually didn't have time because I was either going to a last chance or we didn't have a, a ton of options, really. Um, but, yeah, fr- front like practice, it really was more practice-wise. Like the practice would just be garbage, which is really the same situation mm-hmm. that these guys are doing in the race. Front tire will do it. Um, big suspension changes, uh, changing the clamps. Um, right. Yeah, I mean, there, there's so many things these guys change all day, and those guys change a lot more than I ever did right. simply because their options are a lot greater. Uh, they'll change the races. They'll change, um, you know, exhaust settings. I mean, they could change all kinds of stuff, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, their EFIs, you know. Right. There's so, so many. It's really a different era as far as the way as much as you can adjust the bikes now, mm-hmm. um, you know, to 10 years ago it feels like. Uh, Wagner, well, did you talk to Roxon after the race? Yeah, he was bummed, huh? Yeah, it didn't make any sense, dude. He was, it just shows uh, the he, mentality of these guys. I know he led the heat, he led the main. Uh, you know, he's he doesn't have a hundred. He's missing a hundred CCs. I don't know where they went. They're gone, and he was super bummed. He said the suspension hurt his hands, and I mean the guy just jumped into like the roughest track of the year after being off for a while. I don't get it. He rode fine. It showed he rode fine. I thought it was like a revelation. Like I did not expect that at all not against this field honestly look at what tomac did and the 350 which has yet to prove itself uh in this at least here in the u.s so for him to go out and get what two hole shots or darn close yeah. I, I mean Villapoto a whole shot but he was right there with him in yeah. the first turn of the main yeah. hole shot the heat on the 350 and was hauling like he came within a half lap of beating james stewart in a heat race james stewart doesn't lose heat races right uh-huh. he came about as close as anybody comes he led him for seven and a half laps. I would have never bet money on Roxon winning a heat. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I guess it comes down to this. He probably spent the last 15 minutes of the main event with arm pump and hating life. So maybe it's hard to pull off the track and you're pumped. Yeah. The other way. Like excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, you're, but uh, you're, you're pumped. I thought it was a heck of a performance. You're pumped, but in the wrong way. Pumped in the wrong way. I, I thought like, it was awesome. Like Schwarzenegger in Pumping Iron. I had to pump you up. Um, what do you think, JT? Pretty good ride, right? Uh, he rode great, I thought. Especially the heat race was amazing. The main event, um, yeah, I'm sure he just wanted more. And going backwards is never much fun. So yeah, yeah I'm just I, I'm sure he felt like that he was fast enough and was up front, and you know, just getting past and going backwards is probably what he was right. bummed on. You know. Um, how about that LCQ? I'm trying to hurry things along here. We spent too long, too much time me ranting about how much I love Daytona. Ah. Uh, what about the LCQ, Wygant? Race of the night. Yeah, I'm thinking we need to start having Canary Pike match races. They're the right, best right. Like, personality, <laughs> not going to give up. You can't pick two better guys to be going from one spot. I, I'm not kidding you. I watched that race three times already. Um, and there's one corner, a left-hand corner. There's a lot of body contact made, and they just bounce off each other. It's great. <laughs> it's great. Uh, and, and Canary's move in the last turn was so smart. He like he knew what Weston was going to do and he broke braked early and dove in like it was brilliant. Like it was great racing. I love it. Yeah. I think it really shows, you know, uh, you, I don't hate to say new era again, but okay, oh, so these are oh. these are guys that are barely able to literally get in the top 20, you know. There's 20 they're the 20th and 21st riders to qualify technically. Uh-huh. But yeah, you watch that race and they don't look slow. They don't look like they don't no. know what they're doing. Like they look if you didn't have a main event, you would have thought that was the main event. That was what motocross was all about. It was awesome. Those dudes were slamming into each other. JT, did you love it? 
Yeah, I thought I thought they were re- really respectful of each other too, as far as keeping it clean, and um, it was just exciting, you know. Yeah. No, nobody went got super dirty. Um, yeah. If we could uh, if we could have that excitement, and every you know every time those guys went out, that would be you know amazing. How about uh, none of us on the phone right here ever seeing a transponder scoring issue? In years and years and years, and now we got two of them, and they both involve Wes and Pike. One good, one bad. Like, just funny that way. Well, I don't want to revisit last year's, because if you recall the, the, the post-race podcast then, we had a major issue when, after a half hour of discussion, JT revealed that his mom was actually one of the scorers. So I know, I know. I don't want to dredge this <laughs> up again. I know there was a lot of friction between you two. Well, I, see, I, just, I understand how it took him half hour to say that his mom was the one who was involved in this momentous AMA decision. I just I don't get it. If we ever have a highlight clip show of these, that would definitely go in, in my opinion. Right. I love that whole exchange. Sorry. Okay. That was it. Um, I digress. It's that time again. Thanks for listening to the Racer X podcast show. Brought to you by BTOsports.com. Presented by Thor MX. I appreciate it. Don't forget to click on the Amazon banner on PulpMX.com to help out pulpamex.com. We appreciate it. Listen to these commercials. Buy from these sponsors. Thank you for listening. See you on the other side. The Podcast Show is brought to you by BTOsports.com. Whether you are looking for new gear, helmets, boots, or you need to rebuild your bike from the ground up, BTO is your source for all of your motocross needs. As a proud sponsor of the BTO Sports KTM Race Team and the heart of the BTO Sports Amateur Motocross Team, it is obvious that we are about more than being just a store. We support the sport that supports us. us. We at BTO Sports want to give back to you, the listener, for supporting us and the Racer X Podcast Show. Use coupon code Pulp MX when placing your order at btosports.com for a VIP listener discount. Certain brand restrictions will apply. For 2013, JT Racing enters its next generation with the all-new Evolve Light, ProTech, Enduro, and Limited Edition collections, taking quality and innovation to a whole new level. Also available in youth sizes, each collection is built with high-grade materials, offering its own unique characteristics to meet the demands of today's riders, both recreationally and competitively. To find a dealer or view the entire collection online, log on to JTRacingUSA.com. Championship proven. Many motocross apparel brands make that claim, but only Thor can back it up. As America's first motocross apparel brand, Thor has set the standard for delivering the highest quality performance racewear on the market for the past 45 years. With champions like Ryan Villapoto, Blake Baggett, and Dean Wilson, to name a few, our products truly are championship proven. To see all the new 2013 products, visit ThorMX.com or head to your local Thor Parts Unlimited dealer. Thor, the official racewear of Supercross. What about, uh, Wagant, what about Weston's Pike reaction about kicking his bike? Well, JT and I covered this on our show, um, and hopefully people, I didn't like it. JT said, who cares? But what did you think? Oh, I read your observations today, and you said you didn't like it. I thought it was the best thing that could have happened. I thought it was awesome. Oh, my God. Yeah, t- and s- here's says, why. Here's says the why. guy who loves wrestling. Right, okay. Right. Well, no, here's why. Okay, we have said that the TV shows are a little bit less 
core than maybe what we discuss on this show or on the websites we're part of. You know, we're a little bit deeper into it. We know more about those Weston Pike-level guys. So that is our job to, to dive deeper in, right? So I feel like the true Weston Pike, he's a nihilist. He doesn't care. He's one of the bigger, tougher dudes. I don't think that the world really knows that. That's the type of thing that only the super hardcore fan knows. And I'm like, now they got it. Now he's a character. And I guarantee you they're going to show that on the shows again, and they're going to make Weston Pike a little bit bigger deal because now everyone involved in that TV show knows what we've already known. I thought that was perfect. He literally just he made his name right there. like He was just a guy in the field, I bet you, to most people. Uh. Watching those shows, but not anymore. Nothing says your love of wrestling better than you saying now he's a character. Does he need some face paint? Maybe a manager? Maybe. Well, Paul Bearer just passed away. But maybe, yeah, maybe. pretty good. Well, I, I would say that Louis does a good job. Right, right. Louis could be the manager. Right. Yeah. His dad. His dad would be perfect. <laughs> yeah. um, sort of. He's like, the most wrestling like <clears throat> um, of any of the writers. Yeah, I, I think. And the fact that it was Pike, and he was mad over that, and then he ended up getting in the main, and it was the only race where you'd ever have a camera in the pits because it's the only place where the pits are that close. Yeah, yeah. Seminal moment for Weston Pike. Paychecks are coming, I'm sure. You know, I could see Captain Louis Pike. You there know? you go. Yeah. Maybe some rubber bands. Right, yeah. Yeah, he's got a little bit of a goatee, doesn't he? Yeah, some rubber bands. <laughs> I, goes down the line right. pumping his guy up, I, I maybe just... with a megaphone, yelling. I, I, uh, I didn't like it as a former mechanic. On so many levels, just just don't like it. I didn't like it when Chad Reed ghost rode his bike into me at the Yamaha test track. I didn't like when Chad Reed threw his bike down against the box fan, um, s- you know, scratching the box fan, all the shit. I didn't like. Well, I thought it was hilarious when Heath Boss started hitting his bike with a hammer at Millville, <laughs> um, but I didn't like it. Like I don't like those moves. Like don't take it out on the bike, you know. Throw your helmet. Throw your gloves. Listen, I don't think it's a coincidence the bike broke in the main event, okay? The bike said, all right, Weston, cool. Thanks for that. Check me out. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to grenade right now. That's what the bike, and that's, that is what is called karma. <clears throat> I'm all for the story, man. All I right, thought it was right. awesome. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, awesome. he, look, if it was so awesome, he had, why did he apologize? Like I said. That's the way all this stuff works. I mean, when... There's fights in hockey games. Well, no, hockey's a bad example because they never apologize. They, <laughs> the greatest thing ever. Right, right. There are fights in other sports, and everybody's like, oh, my God, this is awesome. But they still have to apologize. It's the way it works. Um, all right, let's move on from there. Uh, but I, I do like the suggestion. You put $500 in a hat, and you have Canary and Pike go three laps. I like yep. it. I like it. Yep. Dave, Dave Prater, yep. you're welcome for that idea. Um, and again... No motocross schools going on between those two. None, none at all. Uh, JT, yeah. JT, can you talk about Weimer? Um, he's struggling a bit in his return. He was very good until he got hurt. Uh, potential podium guy we talked about. Um, how tough is that for him to get that, that edge back, get that, get that fine line back after missing, say, three races or whatever he did? I think it'll come back. Daytona's... Not really. When I think of Jake Weimer, I don't think of Daytona, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? That, that doesn't seem like his ideal track. Um, so yeah, I, I don't think it's anything to really worry about. He just needs to get better starts and uh, comes back to the confidence thing where he hasn't been doing well and that has kind of turned into bad starts and mm-hmm. it just all snowballs together. Um, but yeah, I don't think it's anything to worry about. It's just that deal where an injury puts you behind where you were 
and everybody instead of you know when you're going behind, everyone else is getting better. So it, it's kind of a double whammy on you know on that end. Right. Uh, but he, he's such a good rider and so talented. It'll get he'll get back there eventually. Yeah. Just probably not as soon as he or Kawasaki or anybody else would like. Right. Uh, what about? Can you give us an update on Gurkey and Short? Um, their night. Yeah, Shorty had a great night going, and then um, Brock Tickle tried to knock him into Jacksonville in that turn, mm-hmm. and uh, broke his finger. So yeah, he was uh, obviously that was you know wasn't feeling amazing the rest of the night, and uh, main event he just kind of struggled and just said he kind of lost his rhythm there in the main event. Yeah. Um, Matt was doing really good and crashed and then was way back and was just trying to fight back. Um, his lap times were actually really good. If he wouldn't have crashed, he would have been top ten mm-hmm. without a doubt. Uh, so, yeah, that, that was really otherwise to it. Matt just kind of blew his chance for a, a solid top ten ride with a crash. Um, yeah. yeah, and Shorty, you know, hopefully that finger won't prohibit him from doing well moving forward. Yeah, he said he broke a finger? It's, yeah, it's, Tickle yeah. blasted him. I don't know if yeah. you saw no, it on, saw, the, yeah. on the video, but yeah. Yeah, broke is pretty well, ugly, there's, actually. There's some history there with those two. Oh, really? I didn't, I didn't oh, know. yeah, yeah, yeah. Going back to like San Diego. Oh, okay, yeah. Maybe even before then. So Shorty's aggressive, though. I, I mean. Oh yeah. Gotta, yeah. gotta expect it if you're gonna pass it out. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he was pissed. I think he knew, like you said. Like I think he knew, you know, whatever. He left it open. Yeah. Um, what about uh, Wygant? What's up with Brayton and uh, JGR guys? Any news? Well, I think uh, kind of what JT was saying about Weimer, that is not a Justin Brayton type track. Um, you know, Brayton is a much better Supercross guy than outdoors. I think you look at his background as some arena cross. So I think they were struggling right off the bat with that. Then he had a bunch of crashes, and he was last. I think he just straight up pulled off. That's what they told me. Um, I don't know. I don't think there was an issue. Mechanics. Yeah, I think he, he hit his off. head. Oh, yeah, that's crashed. right. You yeah. wrote that he hit his head. Yeah. Our, the, so you had more information than the mechanic did. Yeah, I mean. He looked woozy when he got up. Right, yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I think they were just bummed. I think. And I didn't well, I, see, like, J-Bone or Coy bummed on him, but I think, like, the mechanic, Brayton, they were just bummed on him. So maybe he wasn't giving him the benefit of the doubt. Brayton's not a pull-off kind of guy. Come on. Honestly, I don't think anyone at that level, you know, those main event dudes. Sean Rive's a pull-off kind of guy. Right. Main event 450 class, I don't think any of those 20 guys are pull-off dudes. Well, I'm worried about Filthy Phil a little bit. He's pulled off twice. Of course, he ate crap one of the time, but. <laughs> so he pulled off after a huge crash? Is that because they're yeah, pulling off? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That pulling up. You're talking about it at St. Louis? Yeah. I, he never even got up. I mean, he never even looked for his bike. <laughs> you can't really consider that pulling off. That's not pulling off. Well, just walking pull off. off in the main event? Was that pulling off? Well, like, I feel like if you're walking off and not getting medical attention. Oh, he was getting medical attention. He was? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. He, wa- he was walking straight towards medics. Okay. Yeah, well, he wasn't feeling too good. Take that back then, Filthy, if you're a listener. Please don't tell Jeremy Martin. Um. Okay, uh, let's go to two fifty class. Um, uh, Muscat. What about Muscat's start? I watched that a couple times today too. I mean, he was going whether that gate was falling or not. Uh, I don't. JT, is that a good strategy? Say it again. Sorry, cut out. Is that a good strategy, Muscat's strategy of just really I'm going. If this thing falls or not, I'm going. Uh, I don't know. I did. Did he jump the gate? No. No, he just timed just it. Just timed it? Oh, I don't yeah. know how yeah. you can do that unless you're well, I heard more Tony Lessie. Um, because I was there the next two days, and they basically used the same starting gates. And I don't know if this is true or not, but people went over there and took pictures of the gate that he used and said, look, the gates were, like, further apart, or the way the dirt was dug out, you could see the pin. 
like it was totally exposed. And they're like, that's the gate Muscan used. That's why he got it. He was able to see the pin instead of the gate, unlike everybody else. But What do you mean, the pin? You can see the pin I, all the time. What, I, I, okay, this is Davey coming up to me on the phone and being like, look at this, look at this. And I'm like, what? And he's like, look at that gate. And I'm like, what? He's like, that's why Muscan got the start. See how you can see the pin? And I'm thinking, it looks the same as every other gate ever. <laughs> but he's like, no, we studied this. We looked at photos. That's why he was able to get that start. And I'm, I, I take but, it with a grain of salt because I saw nothing within the evidence that he was clearly showing me. <laughs> JT, uh, is, I, am I not thinking of a starting gate correctly? Uh, I don't know. This this happens in Europe, but it's a completely different starting gate. Uh, the machinery is completely different on the starting gate than the U.S. starting gates. I I don't know. I would have to see it, but I I mean you, I've seen people time it this good before. Matt Bonney timed it at Anaheim one year, where it just blew my mind. You couldn't time it any better. Where basically they just guess at it. Uh, I, either, I don't know. Did either one of you watch the, the start? Yeah, I, yeah. I couldn't believe. I, I thought that he, yeah. there was a like a, you know everybody else hit the gate or something. Yeah, I mean, I think he he didn't look like he was just going. He just yeah, Ryan, Ryan Dungey did that at Unadilla one year too. Like he was literally four or five bike lengths ahead of everyone. Right. right. You know, ten feet out of the gate. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I don't know. I don't know what Davey's talking about. You can always see the pin, um, on the uh, on the gate if you look for it. I agree. It. I agree. If you want it was to... one of those things where I felt like the more I asked, the more I was just going to be the idiot for not seeing what apparently this, was obvious. Is this how we, we explain a Frenchman and not an American winning Daytona, America's America's historic speedway? Right. Well, no, I don't want to. I don't want to imply that because Davey's no. actually a big Muscan fan. No, and remember I, I'm, I'm when we talked to him before East, he's like Muscan's probably going to win the title, and we were like, okay. So it's yeah. not like Davey was giving him excuses. Uh, yeah. Muscan told me that he. Yeah. Screwed up and went early and thought he was going to hit it. And yes, he told me the same thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Um, why can't, if you're Dean Wilson, uh, that's not good. It's not good. No, I, that's really strange. Like, I feel like that type of thing just doesn't happen. I guess I get arm pumped. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just, I just don't okay. think. So, I know it's only five points, but it's more than that. Like, he had that race. He was so much faster. You could just see how much faster was the guy. Practice he was, did. yeah. He's an outdoor, you know, he's a motocross champ. Like, I don't, and I think that type of track, the big, tall guy, I think that's where he really excels. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. So, last week, JT, uh, I said, uh, is Wilson going to win the title? And you said, yes. You, you stuck to your opinion, to your guns. Is Wilson going to win this title? Yes. Okay. All right. So, Daytona, not worried at all? Uh, obviously, it wasn't good. But yeah. you can only say yes or no. Try not to waffle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Will Hahn looks to be the complete package. He's riding great. Right. When I say that, I'm try- definitely not trying to take anything for- away from Will. He has right. been better than advertised this year. I like how he's doing it for the Ridgeline owners of America, all, of- all 140 of us. It's great. You um, really think he's doing it for the Ridgeline owners, though? He told me he was um, in St. Louis. but Like I- on the line, he's just like, I have- these Ridgeline guys are counting on me. I have to make this work. I- I believe so. I okay. Think, I think, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, I, mean, I can buy it. And you know what? He's got a place to put all his trophies, you know, right in that trunk. Yeah, under the under the bed. Yep. There. Yep. yep. Um, well, again, what about Jeremy Martin? Man, great ride for him. Yeah, it really was. And I don't really think it was even necessarily that much better ride than when he's had the last couple of weeks. Like, right. the circumstances starts, he could have got a podium. Uh, well, who knows? He might have been able to get a podium at Dallas. It doesn't make sense. He was third fastest there. I know you said it over and over. How did he not make that main? He's been riding great pretty much every time he's been yeah. on the track. 
And what everyone really seems to notice about him, he doesn't look rookie-like going this fast. Like, mm-hmm. every lap looks repeatable, every race looks solid. He doesn't seem sketchy, unlike some other rookies. Right, so, right. Um, he, who knows He's, what level he could go to now. Like, I, I think we were thinking he has a shot at breaking up this podium group. Yep. Well, we're only halfway through this, right? Does he have yeah. a shot at winning a race now? I don't think so. But I don't know. I don't know. He's riding well. I was yep. I was told when he came out that he's just a little faster than Alex, his brother. But um, yeah, I mean, I think he's a lot faster than Alex, right? Well, <clears throat> here we I, go. I, I'm going to get some more to... death threats or whatever. But right. he did beat the guy. Yeah, but I think you have to look at the level. Like, if you're at the tail end of your amateur career, a little bit faster than your brother who's been pro for like five years, there's a good chance in those next six months, Yeah. now that he's on a team and preparing, like he's going to excel immensely. Right. And, and, and the 1110 Mods team, it, you know, they, they, they do well. They do well with what they have, but they're no star racing team as far as that goes. Yeah, and he's Carmichael's house riding with Dungey all the time. And oh, yeah, he's yes. got a factory bike. Like he's going to get right. better very quickly, and he did. I heard that a few times riding at Carmichael's. Yeah. Yeah, that might uh, – that might explain a lot. Right, right. Um, uh, JT, is Justin Hill having a good year or not? I, no. I can't figure it out. I don't think so. Really? Well, I mean, okay. Dep- look, it depends on your perspective. If look, you say a rookie year with no pressure, okay. If you say on Mitch Payton's pro circuit team, then no. Why can't? Is he having a good year or not? Uh, for him, I think he is. But that's part of the problem um that was a, that one raised eyebrows to me a little bit that he got on that team mm-hmm. um i know he was pretty good as an amateur and then he missed his last year basically with injuries so you know the kawasaki theory was well he would have been right there with bell and martin had he been able to race them i don't i don't know if i believe that mm-hmm. so to me he's doing about as well as i would have like this is as good as i would have thought he could have done yeah okay so but this is at the same yeah. time i don't know if that's up to the standards of being a Mitch team so it's both that makes sense. Yeah, no, it totally makes sense, and uh, I and that's why it was a I, curious pick in the first place. That's why I'm really confused. I don't know if he's doing well or not on that team on that bike. Right. But then again, he missed a whole year, and he's a little. If you told me two years ago that he'd be on Mitch's team and he'd be getting like fifth and sixth in a couple of mains, I'd be like, "Damn, that's good." Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's what I mean. I didn't think he'd be that good, but at <laughs> mm-hmm. the same time, this is as good as I think as he can do. And right. Mitch usually wants guys to win, not get sixth, no matter who you are. Yeah, it's not good over there on the pro circuit team right now. No. It's, it's not no. good. One win um, in 11 races, 10 races. Just look at the rookies that Mitch has had over the years. Like, he doesn't have many. He doesn't just take an amateur guy every year. Like, what, maybe Stroop, Villapoto? He didn't take Blake Baggett. He didn't even take Blake Baggett. He didn't even take – exactly. He didn't even take Blake Baggett. Or, or I guess the last rookie <laughs> he had was Wilson, who was, like, winning – Several nationals that summer, right? And Villapoto won the title, and Stroop won a Supercross, and was and won a national. Like this is a, I don't feel like it's the same. Stroop won a national. Oh yeah, Glenn Helen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the first year Stroop was good. Like there was no why is he on this team whatsoever. God, right? Stroop, come home, Stroop, come back. Well, you saw Stroop tweeted he's coming back. You saw yeah, that? yeah, I did. And then the next tweet was about a bacon cheeseburger. Yes. So. Yeah, I love it. So, is there the potential that Porcel, J-Law, and Stroop are all priming themselves for comebacks at the same time? I don't know. And then I think the earth will explode oh, right after. Um, hey, Cole Thompson had a good race. He was 18th after the first lap. Suck it, Americans. Suck it, Americans. 
18th to 9th. Good ride, right? JT, if you had to JT, if you had to start a team tomorrow, your team manager, your team owner. No, your team owner. Okay. That sounds better. And no, your team manager. And your owner is saying to you, listen, Thomas, you got to pick Thompson, Faith, or Dakotas. Who do you pick? You have Supercross, to pick one of Supercross them. and Outdoors? As a total package, you have to take one of those riders and groom them into a champion. Who do you take? I would take Gavin. F you, dude. Sorry, bro. Why, Gant? What about you? I don't know. Can I plead the fifth on this? No. I've never seen Gavin race a pro out, like outdoors. Yeah. What did he even race last year? He, he raced in Australia. I wasn't outdoors. there. He doesn't even do outdoors. Well, well, so I don't. I, based on that, I would surely pick Thompson just because of that. But is that fair? Would you pick him Gavin? over? You'd pick him over Jimmy D. Yeah, I think I would. Now you're gonna have a lot of people mad at you. I know. Mm-hmm. I know. Jimmy D's definitely got the, the fanboys. I feel like uh, Jimmy D has definitely had flashes of brilliance here and there. And one of them even was this weekend. He got third in that heat, and mm-hmm. it was a competitive third. Like yeah. But I just, I don't know if it's gonna happen consistently. I feel like the only you're just, the only thing that I that stops me from picking Jimmy D has been injuries. That's it. Really? If he had been healthy, yes, he's my pick. Cole Thompson, man. What about last summer on a 450? Outdoors. How did his How did his life class go? On Star. He was on Star. He got sucked into the so Vortex. So Jeremy Martin, bro. He got sucked into the – and Jeremy Martin will get sucked into the Vortex of Star also eventually. You can't help it. It's like a tractor beam. Someone from Star is going to end up assassinating you. <laughs> Listen, before Star, it was Rockstar. I was on Rockstar's, uh, right, Wygant? Come on. I was repeatedly – No, you were. You were, and and – they knew it, and they actually now have agreed, and now they got better. But you are not allowed to wonder where this comes from when people involved over there or their riders are like, why do you always bag on us? You are not allowed to be like, what? <laughs> you have to expect it. Like, you have to just expect it. I do. I do. I feel in this Jeremy Martin thing, you're like 50% not even sure of where it's coming from. Yeah. No, I, I, yeah. I, I, yeah. Absolutely. How can there be? How can you not be a hundred percent? Because there's the on where it's coming from. There's the rider, and then there's the team. The rider is pretty good. I mean, he's he's a good rider. He's showing. He's proving. He's probably proving me a bit wrong when I judged him. Uh, the infamous eh from last summer. Uh, he's probably bingo. Doing... Just stop right there. Okay. There you go. You gave him the infamous eh. So there's no reason to even wonder yeah. anymore. I'm very sorry for expressing my opinion. I will try to just not say anything, and we will have the most boring podcast in the world. Well, that is when I talked to Jeremy this weekend. That's kind of what I said. He's like, I understand you guys are all entitled to your opinion. And then once we kind of got to that, I didn't really know what else to say because I felt like we were agreeing and disagreeing at the same time. <laughs> right. Alex right. is cool. John Martin's cool. Uh, I hope to get to know Jeremy Martin better. However, you will like Jeremy. He is cool. As I, long as I he rides at the Carmichael Farm with Ryan Dungey, Ricky Carmichael, I don't like my chances. You know? Um, but look at the Rockstar Suzuki team was a disaster for many years. And they've turned it around. they got Dave Gowan. The, they've got some good, solid sponsors. And they've turned it around, and they have a really great program now. And I just feel like Bobby Reagan, the owner of Star, A, gives up on riders too soon. B, doesn't hire the right people. Or, or C, hires the right people and doesn't let them do their job. 
And Ryan Morris is over there right now, and God bless Ryan Morris. I love the guy. Uh, former, I was his former mechanic, 99, Gaines, uh, Minios. Got Please don't mention the bronze boot. Uh, it was the Golden Wrench. Whatever. Um, so I love Mo, and I hope he does well. And, and so far, you know, they're, they're downscaling this year. they got Kyle Cunningham and Martin only. And maybe that's a good thing, and they're going to come out, and Bobby Reagan's going to let Ryan Morris do his job. Yamaha's going to have a brand-new YZ250F next year. And we could all be laughing at this. Me and Jeremy Martin could be sitting in a hot tub with smoothies, laughing away at when I used to criticize the team and how great they are one day. That could happen. You're texting Millsaps today, so what does that say? <laughs> right. Who would have ever thought I'd be texting Davey Millsaps? Right. Um, all right. Uh, what else? Uh, I apologize for saying that you get sucked into the tractor beam of shittiness on Star. I apologize for that. <laughs> that probably wasn't a smart thing to say. All right? <clears throat> we all say things we regret. That's one of them. Um, all right. Kyle Peters, though, speaking of Star, uh, good ride for him. Uh, Zach Freeberg. Hey, JT, did you know that Timmy's helping him out? Yes, I did. I rode with him many times at Tim Ferry's house last year. But the mentoring is still going on. Okay. Yeah, uh, like I said, yes. Right. Okay. Um, yes. Oh, speaking of that, Wygan, did you see the uh, the uh, uh, 250F MX2 um, XC2 class today from the GNCC? Zachy Poo. Zachy Poo. Yeah, uh, obviously, you know me, GNCC near and dear to my heart. I was pumped when on Monday I heard that he was going to race it today. But uh, I didn't know if that was cool for him to do it. But was that, is that a good idea for him? What do you mean is that a good idea for him? Well, that's a sand race, I guess, and it's pretty fast, so it's just rough outdoor type stuff, so that's okay. But sometimes I wonder, that's so far removed from Supercross, I always wonder if sometimes it just doesn't mess you up more than anything. How many motocross riders will I get in your GNCC career? Have you seen show up at GNCCs and get smoked? A hundred? Uh, happens all the time. Right. Yeah. Right. So the best example I can ever come up with was Brock Hepler won the national at Unadilla in oh, I think it's oh seven, and then like three months later he raced a GNCC there and just got worked. Right. And I was like, wow, if that's not going to happen, then it's never going to happen. Right. And then and but Zach, you know. Yep. Now the Florida one is a little bit more moto, but it I'm is, not. Yeah. Yeah. Making excuses for these guys at all. I think it really comes down to, are you into that kind of thing or not? And Zach definitely is. Like, he comes in with the right attitude. That's why we like the guy. You know what I mean? Right. Um, d- d- does he, does Zach just forego the rest of Supercross and Nationals and race GNCC now? Yeah, yeah, I think he does. I think he's going to give up all G- the money. Geico is a big sponsor of the GNCCs. Yeah, not at all. Oh, they're not? No, not at all. I thought they used Honda, to be. Honda oh. um, oh. really doesn't have a team, so <laughs> perfect. Oh, so he would have to give up everything. Yeah, he's done a few of them. He's done a few of them before, and and has done pretty well. Oh. Um, so, like I said, he there's certain guys. Well, we're going way off on a rant here, but it's I was te- did I tell you Friday night how Rodney Smith and Kudrowski are on the same team, and you would have swore that Kudrowski was like somewhat decent, and Rodney Smith was the superstar. Yeah, and you're like, how is that possible? Yeah. But I think some guys have the mindset for it, and some don't. Um, if Zach is willing to come to your house and hang out with you, I think that shows you he put himself through a lot of pain. Wow. So, yeah. so James he was relatively nothing to him. He's Jerk. not spoiled. Jerk. For sure. Um, I think it just makes me like the guy even more. wonder where his next training vacation is. <laughs> Bahamas, I heard. Bahamas. Yeah, I heard that the trainer really thinks the Bahamas sea level yes. is, is... The humidity. Yes, crucial. 
they have a lot of coconut water there also. <laughs> um, uh, he's supposed to be coming by the house here in Vegas, actually, one of these dives. Um, hey, uh, I talked to Jeff Myshak, the owner of Geico, the other day, and I know he listens to these, so hopefully I'm not breaking any rules by saying I spoke, I spoke to him. Um, I told him that if this, if this Zach Bell thing keeps going, he's got to pull a Jason Anderson. He did not agree with me. Michael Rocco does not agree with me. But, uh, JT, uh, w- am I crazy for saying, like, just send Zach Bell home to the outdoors? Like, it's not working out, kid? Well, or- what do you think he's going to – do you think he's, you know, um, outdoors didn't go that great either. <laughs> he finally got a start. You know, uh, I don't think he only finished one moto. So, yeah, that, that's basically where I come out. Well, there's really, there's you know, really no upside to it. Jeff's uh, Jeff's comeback was that you know he didn't he didn't think Jason Anderson was mentally in the right spot, and he thinks that Zach is mentally in the right spot. You know he's working hard, he's listening to the team, he does anything that the team wants, he's trying his hardest. It's just not coming together. But um, why well, again? I don't know if you read observations that I, like these guys are delicate. You know you could you could ruin this kid. Yeah, I did obviously read it, but I uh, I think your yes, the Jason Anderson thing was a great move. It's worked out well. Yeah. We've talked about it a million times, but that's a very rare case, and I don't okay. think you can just start pulling that very often. I don't, it, that's that's super emergency. Like I clearly that team saw it's like super emergency. <laughs> it clearly was like it's happened one time ever that we can ever think of it happening. So what does that tell you? Right, right. right. Um, it's break in case of gla- in case of emergency, break glass and send Ryder home. Yeah, it was. <laughs> this plane is gonna either just crash or we. <laughs> jump out of it with a parachute like there's only two ways it's right, going right, to go right. no i don't i don't think they need to make that move now you also said that larocco said that he thought his season was going well yeah he said he says it's going all right he said that he now that is also ridiculous he said he'd rather have to tame rein a guy in who has blazing speed than try to teach somebody speed you know that's what... yeah but here's the scary part since that those three or four laps of glory in that heat race and that mega crash mm-hmm we haven't seen the speed either. Yeah. Right. 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 That's, that's so. Is this alarming? Is this a disaster? Why well, get on a Geico Honda bike? He's thirteenth in points. He has an eleventh, a tenth. Yeah. I. I yeah. I'll, I'll put it in that category again. If if he was, if he won a heat race here and there and was hauling and had a few moments, you were like, holy crap! But then he crashed also. But it seems to me like he's just. Confused in all levels. Like, he's trying not to crash, but he's still crashing. Now That's that's bad. Now, Jeff's comeback was at Loretta's, and, you know, again, you're at Loretta's thing, I, I'm not, is that the kid held together all week and beat all these fast guys and didn't crash, and, you know, is that, do you, you buy that? I mean, you know, yeah, in, I know, in the highest pressure. Week, and I, I feel like, I've said this before, he's had some ups and downs his whole career. He's had some big injuries, yeah. even in the amateur days. I feel like the book on Zach has always been crazy fast. And crazy crashes. Sometimes. Yeah, yeah. So that's the thing. I'm not the Jason Anderson thing. Was this isn't even the same guy? What is the problem? Right. Here it's a little um, bit too close to what you've already seen. I, I hate to say that because I don't think the little bit everybody's gotten to know him so far. I think it's a, he's a good kid. It's not like he's out there partying or anything, you know. Yeah, we're, we are yeah. entitled to our opinion. Yeah, yeah, I know, but I have to always qualify that because quickly people will say we're just hating for personal reasons and I'm telling you what I saw at the track. Um, um, the, uh, did you guys see the crash with Wilson, the first crash? 
I mean, Dean just hit his elbow, and the kid boof down. Like it was like you gotta, you got. I mean, he's a small guy, but you gotta. What is my dog doing? Oh my god! Can you guys hear that? Anyway, eating eating, yeah. eating your property. Probably, dude. Probably. Um, did you guys see the crash? Yeah, I did. I mean, I Wil- did. Wilson right just in front of me. Yeah, Wilson just grazed him. You know. Well, it's going into that section, and it's kind of off camber and sand and all that stuff. So, uh, I I honestly thought that he probably should have given Dino the line there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, they're racing and they're kids, and right. they're going for it. But in that spot, Dino kind of had the inside, and they're you know, it's almost in a race that's going to be twenty minutes long. Uh, you just I don't know. Right. Maybe maybe I'm being maybe I'm too conservative there, but sometimes right. you just have to give the guy the line and try to get him back in the next turn or something. Yeah, maybe I'm overreacting. He's a great kid, good good guy, good team. I'm no, I, he uh, definitely needs to cut out the crashing. I mean, there's no <laughs> other way to look at it. His second crash, his boot got caught up on his shroud. He just laid in the dirty. I guess he couldn't move, but it didn't look good. It was like the kid was just like, "Oh, woe is me." Uh, yeah, but he is crashing every race. Right. You can't do that. Um, I think he has not crashed in one race this year, one main event. I think, maybe not. There's, I, mean, I don't. I don't know. I, I didn't watch. I didn't see it. If he did, I mean, he crashed after he won an LCQ. After, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, it, it, you just can't. You can't have any any hopes of doing well, let alone right. You know, staying healthy. Uh, uh, crashing. Right. Well, we'll see this week in Indianapolis. Back to normal Supercross. Uh, Wygant, before we go, um, how was the RC Amateur Supercross? I, I, JT, did you see anything on Twitter about it? I No, I didn't. Was, I heard there were some updates, though, from Racer X. I couldn't find any. I was I was looking everywhere. Yeah, it's weird. I, I agree. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah I, I wish I, they, we need to cover that better next yes, year. Yes, absolutely. I need to see more about that out there because I really want to know what happens. We should get we should get a picture of every first turn race all day. Yeah. That would be good. I would enjoy that. Yeah, I hope they improve the coverage on it. Deserves it. No comment. <laughs> <laughs> or if I were to say, way to step out on a limb, wage. Yeah. If you, if I were to say I agree with your sarcasm, I'd probably get in trouble. So I'm not going to say anything. Uh wow. And and maybe both of us will be reprimanded here shortly, but. Uh, Actually, I just did. I just got shocked. <laughs> I had an industry an industry friend of ours. Uh, I had is this John like Knowles a, is this, Scott is, and I had this battle. We were screaming at each other so loud at a hotel in Anaheim a couple weeks ago where they had to call our room and tell us to quiet down because we were arguing about things like this. Right. But I was saying that doesn't happen. And then yeah. as soon as this started happening, he started blowing me up. And I was like, I, I am defeated. You are correct. <laughs> and that hurt me. That cut me deep. I just they had to call our room and tell us to stop arguing. We were arguing. So right, bad. right, right. Yeah. Um, look, it's a great thing. It's a cool deal. You get the race and speedway track. But come on, man. <laughs> That's all. You know? I the coverage know. was extensive. <laughs> it was. I don't think we cover the supercrosses that well. <laughs> Anyways, uh, what do you think, Wagant? How was it? You have fun? Oh, yeah, I had fun. I mean, it's a fun event. There's no doubt about it. Right. Um, it's cool. But uh, that's, I don't know. You just got me spun out now. Why? <laughs> He's scared cool. to say anything. Well, it's, I, 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 I equated, we've said this before, 
set up a lot of like careful planning and thought, and then a helicopter just comes in with just parachuting in with bombs strapped to the people, and you're just like, oh, everything I worked so hard for has just been, you know. RC and Daytona, man, and the two greatest American traditions ever, and all we needed was some apple pie. Well, I'm just saying, I work so painstakingly. The amount of effort I put in to never make us cover one thing more than the other and not let the website appear to... And then that ha- one day like that happens, and I'm like, ugh. And then John Knowles blows me up, and I'm like, you're right, dude. You're right. I can't argue with you. Right. Uh, you know what? Screw the haters, bro. Let's, let's see some more 65-7-11 action. Um, did you have fun announcing it? Was it cool? You and David Iser? Yeah, it's... Uh, well, actually, I was in the suite right next to your NFAB suite. Oh, yeah. For the two days. I mean, yeah. it's, it's pretty awesome when you get that. Here's the thing. We're going, I don't know how long we're going. We're going way beyond what people even need to care about. But when you work at Daytona, it reminds me of, like, when you're in the hospital and, like, there are people there to attend your every need. Like, do you need food? Do you need a nurse for this? Do you need a st- Whatever you need, there's someone there for, right? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know the bill is eventually going to come. Yeah, yeah. Like, the the... That race, I don't think, is treated any differently, the amateur motocross, than, like, Daytona 500. Like, when a rider goes down, there are, like, five medics with, like, full helmets and oh, no really? suits yep. attending to every rider. And the sound, like, PA staff that we had, there was a full-on staff for the PA equipment that I was using. And I was, like, one announcer. All I need is one microphone. <laughs> Meanwhile, in the GNCC, it's you in a field with a mixer and a mic. <laughs> yeah, like, there were, at GNCC, I'd have one mic, and then I brought my own iPod and plugged it in the other mic so I would be able to create music. <laughs> I'd figure out how to hook that all. I mean, I'm talking wrapping wires, connecting wires, in standing in puddles of water. <laughs> right, right, right. The sound guys were bringing me a cooler, like, here's some water. Sorry, we didn't have ice in it last year. And I'm like, but we're indoors. It's not even hot, dude. How but, how are the yeah. how are the Daytona people like you said to work with they're they're thankful and they're very great and then the um, the medic people and Mike how are they so nice and then the old security guards are just terrible yeah. people. How well, Iser actually brought that up, and then uh, I start announcing a moto, and like twenty minutes later, I finally stop talking. As you know, I'm yeah. As you know, I can do. And then I look back, and he and the employee are still both simultaneously ripping the security guys together. Oh. and I'm like, wow, yeah. Even the employees have a disconnect. Yeah. Yeah, we eventually said that there is a building that looks over the building to watch what you're doing in the building, and then a drone over that building to watch what the building that is watching the building is doing. That's the level of security they have there. Right, right, right. The tower over each Um, tower to watch the tower. You had to be pretty excited to have Barry Karsten line up and you call the action? Yeah, and there really were some good bear dog races and i mentioned this on the show your show yesterday but i I don't want to just waste it on there i mean let's use a real show like this yeah he told me how he would take frontier justice into his hands when he was a lapper and if he didn't (laughs) think you were a nice guy off the track maybe he's like lappers don't have to pull over always to do is hold your line and if you're not a nice guy off the track maybe i make it a little more difficult on you and if you happen to fall down lapping me well that's what happens when you're not a nice guy off the track (laughs) bear dog yeah, and I was wondering who he was talking about, mm-hmm. and I noticed that when I did this little video show at Carmichael at the end of the day, and Carmichael was talking about all the great vet riders, he had to run through every name, and then I think he had to decide, like, do I even want to talk about that guy? Should I throw his name in there? And he, like, begrudgingly. <laughs> so I wonder if it's specifically those two. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, yeah. Bear Dog's an American motocross icon. I mean, how could you say anything wrong with him unless maybe you raced him? Maybe that's different. Um and, and of course, again, we brought this up last night, but it's it's funny, the Carson Hart battle, Carrie Hart, yeah, Carrie Hart, Barry Carson. Like I said, right? Yeah, I'm repeating everything I said in your show, but it's like 
seeing a poodle and a what's the big what's the big dog? Uh, a mastiff. I try yeah. to block out all dog yeah. knowledge. Yeah, mastiff. You see a poodle and a mastiff. You're like, how could those two be the same species? You see Carrie Hart and Barry Karsten hanging out. Right, right. Like they cannot both be human beings. Um, no, not be it, any more different those two. The but it was fun. You enjoyed it. It was lots of entries. It looked like it was like, like it's a success. This thing is a success. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I'm really I'm not just saying that from the bias perspective because I can tell you the first two years it was only a one day event. I'm like, I can't believe this is not working. Like, it's the day after the Supercross. Right. Why aren't people here? Like, you had yeah. to leave to not attend this race. <laughs> right, right, right. Like, and it's not in the middle of, it's not like you had to find Hurricane Mills, Tennessee in the middle of nowhere. Like, you were already here, and it's bike week. There's tons of stuff to do. It's Florida in the winter. Yeah. It's, Carmichael's name is on it. Daytona's name is on it. How could this not be successful? But it really wasn't. Uh, switching to the two-day format last year really helped. But to be completely unbiased, it is not drawing many of the, the big fast amateur names. It just isn't. Like, they just weren't there. Um, so that's that just, still a big obstacle the event's going to have to contend with. Is that contingency? How do you – because I heard the no, Texas – No, the contingency this year is good. Uh, it, at that level, when you're one of the top guys, you know, you're, they're essentially factory riders. They're not contingency chasers, the guys I'm talking about. You know what I mean? Adam Cincerullo is not picking races to go to based on Cowie contingency. No, but I think a lot of guys would be, no? No? No, I think all of those type of guys were there. Contingency was very good. Um, um, that's why there was 950 well, entries. The amount of entries wasn't a problem. Let's yeah. face it. There's too many of these amateur races anyways. Some of them are not going to work out. Like, there's 8 yeah. million of these amateur things. There are literally three straight weeks of amateur events, three different races, and this one is sandwiched within those three weeks. Yeah. There's four races within a three-week span with yeah. no break. Right. Yeah, so it's a, it's a problem all around. But, you know, for whatever reason, they're just not there yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, which kind of surprised me. I thought it would be, hey, the rigs are there, the, the teams are there, you get to watch Supercross at night, blah, blah, blah. I thought it was perfect combo. Yep. So, but it's only four years in, and that's actually pretty short in the history, you know, for this sport. Four right. years isn't much. <clears throat> right. Um, all right. Uh, anything else? You guys want to wrap this up? See you at Indy, bro. Wait, no, I won't. Nope, not going to Indy. I had such I'll a, see you at Indy. I had, such oh, a, yeah. I had a, such a great time in Daytona. Everything went so well. It's going to just leave it at that. Um, all right, this has been the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast presented by our friends at ThorMX, ThorMX.com. Check them out. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thank you, Wygant. Thank you, uh, JT. Have fun in Indy freezing your balls off. I'll be here in Las Vegas watching you guys on TV. Uh, thanks, guys. See ya. See ya. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Steve Mathis Show. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes store to find the more than 200 episode archive or get the Pulp MX app for your iPhone for the complete Pulp MX fix.